You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. All right, everybody, here we go. This is The Process with Sean Barber, former linebacker of Newark, Kansas City Chiefs, 10-year NFL veteran, former Kansas City ambassador, uh, business development manager at the McGinnis Group, man. Let me, first of all, let me give a shout out to my man, BJ Kissel, who put this together. KCSN is doing a great job in the Kansas City area, putting together some great programming. Man, we are just drowning. We are submerging all of our fans with so much, uh, man, just so much stuff from some of the most critical and hard-thinking minds out there in the business. And now you're about to dive deep, dive deep into mind of Sean Barber and find out what is the process. I talk about it all the time when I'm doing public speaking or anywhere I'm at. I talk about the process is greater than the product. And that is something that we're going to break down over the next 18 to 20 weeks and all through the season and the postseason. Uh, I'm going to have multiple guests on um, each Wednesday when we do this um, from former players to current players, alumni, some guys that are from my past, from my history, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famers, Champ Bailey's, some of your Chiefs greats, Derek Johnson, Jamal Charles, Chris Holmes, and then some of our local talent, our Kansas City ambassadors, um, Bobby Bell, Yardson. This it's going to be Durant. I mean, it's going to be a gambit of different guys coming in to chime in. But let's get started, man. Today's episode of The Process, we're going to first break down the AFC and NFC pitchers as I see it going into the playoffs this season. And first and foremost, let's start off with the NFC. So in the NFC, obviously the top team that everybody is shooting for is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are coming back from being our opponents in the Super Bowl. And we all talk about how that Super Bowl, um, it's very hard when you lose a Super Bowl to get back to it. Man, the, the way the offense and defensive line is built with the Philadelphia Eagles, they have some uh, young talent. They went to the draft and got some younger talent. Some people are calling it the Georgia of Philadelphia because they have so many University of Georgia defensive guys on that squad. But man, guys like Jalen Carter, obviously Fletcher Cox, um, Nolan Smith, um, and then a gambit of other uh, Hassan Reddick. They got a, a gambit of game changers across that defensive line in that front seven um, that was number one in the league getting to the quarterback. That's what they do best. They create havoc in the backfield. They get to the quarterback. Pressures, hurries, uh, strap, uh, strip, fumbles, sacks. Those are the things that they are. Uh, that's their kind of football when you call, talk about Philadelphia defense, defensive football. Now, on the other side of the football, they have a young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who's doing some phenomenal things as a young quarterback. Yeah, he's got paid. Now it's his time to show that he's worth you know, $45 million a year. But with the uh, company of wide receivers they have there, uh, Goddard, A.J. Brown, and Mr. Smith, um, they got a three-headed monster that, that is pretty much running through the NFC right now. But it comes down to that offense and defensive line. 
They got a great offensive line. They got great defensive line. So that's going to be the number one seed, if you ask me for my predictions in the NFC, uh, coming out that NFC East. Now, the number two spot I got actually going to be, this is going to be a shocker to some, uh, and not many, the San Francisco 49ers. Again, the San Francisco 49ers is a team that's stocked. They're loaded. Um, Brock Purdy is set to start this season after having some uh, shoulder injury, elbow injury. I think he had Tommy John surgery on his elbow, so he's he's healthy and ready to go. Um, obviously, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittles, um, CMC running the ball, um, and then Debo Samuels as the other receiver. That offense, again, is stacked, ready to go down here, ready to score a bunch of points. Is that 49ers defense um, has one of the best defensive linebacker cores um, in the league right now. But Nick Bosa, uh, him and Armstead are the guys that really make that defensive line. They get to the quarterback. They put pressure um, just with four so they can, they can really cover down the field. And they do what they need to get done as far as uh, putting up points and keeping you off the board. So that number one and number two seeds, I think, going into this postseason after this year are going to be locked. Um, and then it comes up to who else is going to be in the playoffs. So I am, am going to veer off of what everybody else is saying. Uh, I got the number three seed actually being the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions, are, they, they kind of let everybody know they was on the map this year. Um, they, they, they've got a, a lot of young talent. Um, Jerry Goff is the the statesman. He's the, the the wise veteran running the ship at the quarterback position. Um, but they've, they've they've really doubled down um, by, by drafting a, a young uh, running back, uh, replacing Swift, um, and now they got this young running back. Um, he's going to be used as the slot receiver in the backfield all over the place. Um, if you have a chance to uh, get him and any kind of fantasy things, you need to get him. Uh, the receivers need to get healthy and get healthy really quick. Obviously, St. Brown is a guy that everybody knows has been one of the guys ticking up the fantasy ticker. Um, all He can do everything. He's a, he's a jack of all trades. And then as far as their offenses, you know, the totality of the offense, um, they put up board. They put up points. Um they put up yardage. They do what they need to do when it comes to the offense. And then defensively, Aiden Hutchinson. It begins and starts with stops with him. Um, he's been all that is cut out to be drafted very high. Um, and was one that we're running for defensive player of the year. Got beat out by Galt, Sauce Gardner, but uh still made a, a, a awesome push um as a defensive end for that defensive player of the year as far as a rookie last year. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a guy that these teams going to have to deal with. Um, so I got the Detroit Lions being in my three spot. And then the fourth spot is going to come out of the NFC South. Now with Tom Brady uh, retiring, that's going to be the end of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, some people think the Saints are going to slide into that fourth spot and win the South. Now, I think that after doing my offseason research, I have been focused and keying on this team, the Atlanta Falcons. They have one of the top 10 offensive lines. They have top 10 defensive lines. And I think once you win the trenches, man, all you do is surround it with some, some top-end talent. And they went and got the Mercedes-Benz of the draft. They got the top running back in the draft this year, B. John Robinson, 
is going to enter the league and he's going to be a madman. Um, I think he's a complete running back. I have him as a top five running back in all the different standard fantasy leagues and everything. So be on the lookout for the Atlanta Falcons making the playoffs and winning the NFC South division, and they're going to have the four spot. And then to finish up uh, my NFC predictions with the fifth, sixth, and seventh spot, I got the fifth spot going to the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, this is going to be a big year for uh, the team led by Dak Prescott, um, um, C.D. Lamb. Um, we're going to see if the team has has really um, moved on from Jerry Jones' love child, who is uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, he's he's been in love with that kid since he got him in the building, and finally, the the, the rest of the organization has forced him to move on. And now um, Zeke has moved on to greener pastures at the Patriots. So now we're going to see if the Cowboys with, with Dak Prescott can put together uh, a playoff run this season and make the playoffs. I got them in my five spot. Again, they're supported with a phenomenal defensive line. That's going to be the reoccurring third theme you hear in my, my, my chats and everything I talk about. When you talk about a process of winning football, how to, dev- how to design a successful winning football, it comes – in the trenches, offense and defensive line. That's how you win football. Um, and the Cowboys have some real studs at the defensive line position. Obviously, Michael Parsons, I'm a candidate for defensive player of the year. Each and every year he's been in the league. Um, Diggs on the back end. Um, so they're all three levels they can attack you with that Cowboys defense. In my number six position, I got the New York Giants. So we got this right now, we got three teams from the NFC. East making the playoffs. The New York Giants are going to double down with uh, Daniel Jones. Um, they, the one thing that the New York Giants got to worry about is uh, the health and availability of their wide receiver core. It's still very thin. Um, they was able to go get a rookie out of Tennessee, uh, Jalen Hyatt, and he's going to be a you know one of those guys with a, with a lot of upside this year. But uh, it's going to live and die with their running game. How does Saquon Barkley come back? How does he attack this year? Obviously, um, all the offseason contract situations and information that went out. Man, I think this is going to be the year that uh, Mr. Barkley comes back and puts his name down as one of the top three running backs in the league. And I think that uh, the concept that the head coach has, um, the New York Giants are going to be uh, a, a little bit uh, like a low-powered version of the Buffalo Bills. Um, and we've seen what, what kind of uh, points that team can put up uh, when you give them a chance. So, I got the New York Giants to be in my sixth seed. And then I have my seventh seed. I have, um, just as last year, I have the Seattle Seahawks. I think the Seattle Seahawks uh, made some great moves in the offseason. Jackson and uh, Enigma Smith, uh, JSN, um, this receiver they got in the draft. Um, I have him as being the, the number three wide receiver coming out. This year, um, he's a complete receiver. Um, and then you put him and pair him up with uh, Tyler Lockett and D- D- DK Metcalf. Um, man, the, the sky's going to be the limit of the Seattle Seahawks offensively. Um, Geno, you know, they, they let him. You know, he's, he's had a, he had a long time to really get the, the helm out of Seattle. He had a great long career of some subpar uh, football at some different stops, but I think he's found a home in Seattle. I think he really has a hold of that offense. He likes what's going on. So I would love to see that team, uh, this rise to the occasion, 
you know they're going to be a starch defense. Um, you got Bobby Wagner coming back. It's not the Legion of Boom anymore, but they're going to be a, a substantial defense to deal with. Uh, they got a lot of good defensive players on the board over there. So that's going to be my my seven teams on the NFC um, side of the ball when it comes to the playoffs. So, hey, that's our 10-minute mark. We're going to take a quick break, and then come right back to you after the break. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What is up, Chiefs Kingdom? we got to interrupt today's podcast to tell you about our friends at Factor. And with the busy season just around the corner, school's starting up, football's starting up, sports are starting back up for this season, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for these jam-packed days. And Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up with fresh, chef-preferred, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Too busy with your end-of-summer goals to cook but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping and the prepping and the cleaning up while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy to get back to crushing your goals. Refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. You can choose from 34 weekly flavor-packed, dietitian-approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. And then you can level up as well with their Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I put in an order with Factor. I got a chef's choice, so I'm excited to see what they send me there with uh, Factor. So here's what you got to do. You got to head to factormeals.com slash KCSN50 and use code KCSN50 to get 50% off. That's code KCSN50 at factormeals.com slash KCSN50 to get 50% off. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. And so we're going to jump right into the other side of the coin. Uh, obviously, the AFC and uh, us being Chiefs fan here in Chiefs Kingdom, you see the shirt, Kansas City versus the world. It's, it's no doubt on my playoff picks who's the number one seed. It's the number one team in the league. It's Kansas City. Um, it's the home of Patrick Mahone. It's the home of Travis Kelsey. It's the home of uh, Andy Reid. And as long as you have those three factors in the building, I think that the Kansas City Chiefs are always going to be a team to be reckoned with. Um, so they, they're going to lock down my number one seed. Um, we're going to the number two seed. I have the Buffalo Bills coming in at number two. Um, Josh Allen, uh, he's still one of the most, um, and when you talk about vertical threats, one of the strongest arms in the league. He also has a Mack truck when he runs the ball. Um, definitely brings that double a double threat when you talk about the rushing game versus the passing game. You have to account for him from a defensive mindset. You have to account for him running the ball and throwing it on every snap of the game. It just gets uh, – it wears you out. It wears you out. You get him to, you know, third and short, fourth and short. Um, they don't give it to the running back, and then you got a 230, you know, 40-pound uh, quarterback coming running your guys over. Um, I think the Buffalo Bills, we talk about the balance they have on offense and defense. A defense, they still have one of the premier pass rushers, Von Miller. I know he's getting a little long in the tooth, and maybe he just becomes a situational runner. Uh, I mean, situational pass rusher this season. Um, but he's a he's he's a veteran. He knows how to get it done. And they got some other guys in the building. Um, a young in Rousseau is going to be good. Ed Oliver. So I think the Buffalo Bills defense going to be 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 like as they was a year ago. Last few years, one of the top five to ten defenses in the league. Now to get them that two spot uh, coming out the AFC East. In the three spot, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I know the Cincinnati Bengals um, were the, the AFC North champions last year. I got them having a little bit of a uh, maybe a little bit of rebound this year um, with Joe Burrow having that calf injury um, during training camp. Not really getting a chance to see him in the preseason. I think that the, Ra- the, the Bengals are going to have a, a slow start to the season, and that's going to, on the other side of that, let the Ravens actually get out ahead um, when you talk about the AFC North and start to run the show. So Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, um, they revamped their wide receiver core. Um, you got OBJ still, I mean, coming down. OBJ is back. He's healed up. Um, if he's anywhere close to what he's been the last um, in his heyday, he's, he can be a top 10, top 15 wide receiver, making all those phenomenal catches. But the receiver that I have, you know, you know, we've been watching him and scouting him here at um, KCSN um, at all the uh, postseason bowl games and all the combines and during the draft. And Zay Flowers, uh, that young man is just such a complete wide receiver. Um out of Boston College, um, he, he knew he was a five-tool guy, can do it all, catch radius, uh, speed, 
great hands, runs great routes, and then has a tenacity with, with the ball in his hand for yaks, yards after catch. So I actually have the Baltimore Ravens um, kind of changing their, their offense. No more of that pounding ground stuff. They're going to go vertical. They're going to throw the ball more. Obviously, Andrews and um, Lamar Jackson already have a connection. But if you, when, once you sprinkle in a little OBJ, sprinkle in some Zay Flowers, I think the Ravens is going to be that team that comes up with the number three seed. And then the number four seed, uh, unfortunately, the uh, AFC South has always been the uh, the redhead stepchild of the AFC. Uh, somebody's got to win it. Um, it's always been, you know, kind of a tough division. I think Houston, hats off to D'Amico Ryan, former teammate of mine. He's gone down there and really, uh, ship, you know, got, got that uh, got that organization, uh, you know, back in the ship shape. Uh, but it's still a little bit too far. I think he's about three, you know, two or three years away from Houston Texans coming back to there, um, being a champion. And uh, you got the Tennessee Titans. You got the Tennessee Titans, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I think the Tennessee Titans are getting a little old. And now they lost so many guys on the offensive line. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think that the the winner of the AFC South this season is going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I love their coaching staff. Obviously, um, they run a, a style of offense a lot similar to what we do here in Kansas City. Um, Lawrence is a, a budding star as far as one of the great quarterbacks of the NFL. And then after that, you have, obviously, Etienne, um, and then a, a, just a cast of different wide receivers for him to throw it to. Um, and one of another comeback player of the year is going to be Calvin Ridley. If you kept at all any track of what he's been doing all offseason, he's a man on a mission. And we, I know we talk a lot fantasy, we talk about stats, we talk about different things, but if you have an opportunity to get Calvin Ridley in the, the, the third or fourth round, let everybody else in the league sleep on him. You want to grab him. He's going to be a difference maker. He's going to make a. He's going to open up a lot of eyes this year. And one Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver. So, my fourth seed, like I said, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that leaves us with seeds five, six, and seven. The fifth seed I have, the Cleveland Browns. Um, I know some people have counted out Cleveland over the years, but man, again, we talk about what, what's the what's the process. What are we using to break down offenses and defenses, and what are we using to break down? whether teams are successful or not. And I always just go back to looking at it, man. Let's just get back to the offense and defensive line. Let's get back to those trenches. What does the buff, what does the Cleveland Browns do that not many other guys do in the NFL? They run the ball. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb is one of the most toughest, hardest guys, um, yards after catch, yards after contact. He can run the ball, catch the ball. He's a nightmare coming out the uh, backfield. Even when you got guys unblocked and meet him in the hole, um, he's just a, a bully of a running back. So uh, when you got Nick Chubb handing off the ball, and then we're going to see if, if Deshaun Watson has knocked off that rush, the rust, and got back to that, you know, 2020, 2021 um, um, form uh, before the suspension. If he can come back in any kind of shape and just be a top 10 quarterback, the Cleveland Browns are going to be a, a team that everybody has to kind of prepare and be ready for. I got the Cleveland Browns as my fifth seed. Um, and then follow up with the sixth seed. I got That's where I got the Cincinnati Bengals filling in. Again, I think Joe Burrow and his, um, his, his core of receivers. Um, unfortunately, I think they're going, they're going to feel a loss of P. Ryan. Uh, P. Ryan was a, a move-to-chains type running back. 
I think Joe Mixon's going getting a little up there in age. Uh, the wear and tear on his body might not make him as powerful and impactful as far as that running game. And then when you take Cincinnati and you make him a one-dimensional team, uh, yes, they have Jamar Chase, they got T. Higgins, they got Tyler Boyd. But if you make them one-dimensional and they don't, they, they can't run the ball. And obviously, we said with Joe Burrow's facing uh, having a little bit of a uh, a calf injury, you got to remember. I don't know how mobile he's going to be, and that offensive line just has never been able to protect him. So I do think they have enough to uh, win, win win double-digit games this season. Uh, but they finish off as the number six seed in my postseason, um, my postseason predictions, the Cincinnati Bengals. That's only one one seed left. Uh, the seven seed, this is going to be a, a team that shocks a lot of people uh, on, on, on my playoffs. The seven seed I got, man, my man, my man Mike T, man. Mike Tomlin's going to have this Pittsburgh Steelers, man, back to the old ways, man. He's going back to the old ways. Um, Najee. Najee is going to be a beast coming out the backfield. Um, the, the passing game um, tight end is, is an up-and-coming tight end. But man, Pickens, right? Pickens to Pickens. This, this, this Kenny Pickens quarterback is, I mean, he's grown so many years. Uh, like, he's way playing way beyond his years as a quarterback in this league. Um, he's controlling the offense, and he's giving his chance, he's giving his receivers a chance to go get the ball. So, the young guy, man, he's making. We heard Randy Moss. Um, we heard we've heard Ryan Clark on ESP. We've heard all these national pundits say that this Pickens kid is the next great wide receiver. You know what, guys? I believe it. I believe he is the next budding star. I think that's the guy who is gonna is gonna hit the scene. Is gonna hit the NFL in the 2023 season, and it's gonna be a nightmare for defensive backs. Um, and I think when you put that together with the running game that Pittsburgh Steelers have been known for, um, they're going to get back to that old school football, controlling the ball, playing good defense. Their defense is healthy again. Um, and they got some young guys that can go um, hunt the quarterback. So I got the Pittsburgh Steelers sneaking in at that seventh playoff spot. And that's going to wrap up my NFC, AFC 2023 postseason predictions. All right, so now we're going on to the next segment. Um, each segment of uh, the process, we will begin with an introduction of a former player, former teammate of mine, uh, some local Kansas City Chiefs guy. Uh, me and them will go back and forth a little bit about what they got going on in the Kansas City area. So I thought that because this is the primary, this is the first show, let's go ahead and start with me. So I am my own guest. I am Sean Barber, former linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs. I got a laundry list. And what I do is I always bring my bio. You know, there's some things about myself I really like to make sure that everybody knows because I've talked all this football to you. I've told you about the process, the importance of the trenches, the offensive, defensive line. Why should you believe me? Why, what about my career, about my experience gives you any hope, any faith that I have any idea what I'm talking about? Real quick, I'm gonna run down the list of why I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the process. Um, two years coaching experience in AIA at Baker University, uh, Bill Walsh Fellowship in 2010. Um, I was hired as a scouting assistant um, for the regional scouts um, in 2015, 16, and 17. 
Um, I had an opportunity to be a part of the Jets organization, the Texans organization, as in the, a nun um, scouting fellowship. Um, I was a linebacker coach for the XFL, the Brooklyn Bolts. I was also a linebacker coach for the Berlin Thunder, which was a, a NFL Europe team back in the day. And so there's a, a, a litany. You put all of those years of coaching along with the 10 years of playing, you put those in the crock pot and you let those things boil and boil and you add a little you know, my own little seasoning into it. And now when things come to, 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 to boil, when things start bubbling up, as far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned or uh, in the NFL, it's easy for me to try to figure out what makes sense to me, what organizations should be doing, um, what, what, what just makes sense as far as if you follow a process, follow that money, follow it, follow what the contracts look like, follow how much dead money is on these contracts, um, follow what the offense and defensive lines are known for, are the, are the quarterbacks getting pressured, uh, what is the pressure rate, what is the uh, quarterback hit rate, what is the quarterback hurry rate, um, how much how much uh, impact is the D-line putting on the quarterback being able to deliver the ball? And when it comes to the running game, if we look at the offensive line, are they doing bob blocking, big on big, backs on backers? What kind of blocking schemes are going on? Are there many uh, pre-step m- mistakes? How many penalties are each team getting? So all of that goes into the crock pot. I let that stuff boil for a few days, and then I come up with my own ideas of who's going to be good, the why, the how, who's going to end up being great. And then I share that with you each week on the process. So I'm looking forward to doing it. Let me see. I think we're going to go to a quick break in a couple seconds and I'll get right back at you. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. All right, looks like we're back. Good job, good job. Always, man. Again, man, shout out to BJ Kissel. Um, and really quick before we go on, my man, Tucker Franklin, he's producing the show for me, man. If you haven't had a chance to listen to him, he's all over the um, KCSN network. Tucker Franklin, man, he's a mastermind behind the boards, but he also knows a lot. I think it comes to this local university called Missouri, Missouri Tigers. Yeah, he knows a lot about that. And also uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, man, shout out to my man, Tuck. So let's get on with the show, man. Um, so we're going to talk about some relevant hot topics, man. Obviously, if you're in Kansas City, one of the hot topics is at this point, which is um, right before the season, we're about the upcoming – we got our last preseason game for the Browns, but everybody in town is waiting for Chris Brown, Chris, Chris, Chris Jones. We're waiting to see if Chris Jones is going to sign an extension or is he going to play his current deal. Man, I put that in my brain. I've digested it. And to me, I look at it from an organizational standpoint, that it makes no sense to pay anybody that type of money at uh, 28, 29 years old, because now you're paying for past production. And to me, as an organization, the Kansas City Chiefs have been to multiple Super Bowls. We've won it twice. Um, been one of the most potent teams as far as uh, since Andy Reid has got here. I just don't think that making an investment in any one player to make them the highest paid at any position outside of the quarterback would be something that the Kansas City Chiefs organization would do to make their organization a better team. Now, Chris Jones, he deserves $30 million a year. I just don't think the Kansas City Chiefs are the team he deserves it from. So I think at this point, there's just 
it's going to be too much variation between the deal that uh, Quentin Williams and the Jets signed, which I think was about $24 million a year, and the Aaron Donald, which is the you know the the golden rail. That's the that's the standard um, at around thirty two million a year. Um, I just don't see I, that's just too much negotiation to go on between a player uh, that wants to get paid uh, top dollar. So I, I think, man, at the end of the day, man, the season comes week one. I know Chris Jones has put on social media and hey, he got he can afford to wait till week eight and then play then. But if you're if you're chasing excellence, um, I think the, the the personal push for him is. He wants everybody to respect the fact that he's a dominant defensive player. He's doing things at a defensive tackle position. The only other person in the league is doing it is Aaron Donald, and he's getting sack production equal to a defensive end, and he should be paid accordingly. Again, it's probably just not in the um, – it's not going to be in the books for the 2023 Kansas City Chiefs. So I think he comes back. I think he plays. Um, if it was me, I would be back here. Uh, week one to make sure I get all opportunities to earn all that all all twenty million I, I deserve this year. I'm not. I already gave back a one point five or however much you gave back during training camp. I'm sitting out. I think once the you know the regular season comes, uh, we, we step back a little bit and now we you know put the contract negotiations away. Now it's time to go play football. So I think he'll be back for week one. Um, I think he'll earn his twenty million and I think he'll have a phenomenal season. And that's what. Uh, yeah, not, and, and that's how it's going to be, So, because I said so. Stone Cold said so. So uh, what else we got in the league? I look around the league. We got Jonathan Taylor asking for a trade now. Um, he's been, let it be known, his 4.5 or 4.6 million this year is, is not enough for a running back of his stature, and I believe him. And that's a whole different situation when a guy is getting vastly underpaid because he's a young guy playing a position that is undervaluing, and we all know that, you know, you're going to go out there and run hard for the team and all those carries, all that wear and tear on your body, they're going to use that and count it against you when it comes to negotiating your contract. So if you go out there and perform, you're not going to get paid. If you go out there and don't perform, you won't get paid. So running backs are really caught in this, um, you know, lose-lose situation where when you get to a point when you, where you're like Jonathan Taylor and you can uh, make a stand and say, you know what, Four and a half million dollars is not enough for me to be a starting running back at the level I'm playing. He deserves to be traded or being uh, given a new contract. And everybody knows that, you know, the Indianapolis Colts from the team ownership and some of the things going on there, it's just a, it's just a very tough situation because they already got so many, um, so many things they're dealing with as far as their money and stuff like that. And, and again, it's, it's hard putting together a whole team. Um, I think they've invested so much money in their, their linebacker and then two guys up front that making a lot of money. Um, they got a lot of money already um, investing in their offensive line. So you can't pay everybody, uh, but that running back, John Taylor, deserves to get if – I, if I was a um, GM, I would give him a three-, four-year deal, making 12 to $13 million a year, uh, make him one of the highest-paid running backs because I think the young man has the talent and he's young to go out and put together some uh, stats to – Sure, you're paying it forward and not paying for past production. So I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get a deal from somebody. Um, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I'm listening uh, for him to come in. If I am the Miami Dolphins, I'm listening. Obviously, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I'm listening. And the Colts, that would be tough for them to send them to an AFC team. Talk about the Dolphins or the Bills. That Carolina Panthers team, uh, and then also the Chicago Bears, 
I think they got some salary cap room. I don't know if either one of those teams are 100% sure of the running back they have on hand. So um, I would go with one of those teams being the team Don and Taylor ends up with if he's traded at all. Or um, if the Colts are smart, they'll just go ahead and work out a deal and keep him uh, a young guy in the building and make him a stud for life. So that's what we got as far as the hot topics. Last but not least, uh, we're going to talk about some fantasy outlook, the impact of some of our uh, our own Kansas City Chiefs players as far as your fantasy drafts are coming up soon. I mean, it's it's not even worth talking about who's the number one quarterback or who's the number one tight end as far as fantasy. Obviously, our quarterback, Pat Mahomes, is going first and second round in so many different, no matter what your style or format, um, he's a top 20 pick in every format. Um, Kelsey is going in the first round in every format. But once we get past those two players, then it becomes a little bit of a conundrum. Where where are Sky Moore, Darius Toney, uh, MBS? Um, where is um, our running backs? Uh, we got a two-headed monster at running backs, Pacheco and the Jet McKinnon. Where, where are these guys going to be drafted at? And so I did a real quick analysis of uh, if I was in a 12-person draft, as we got to about the sixth or seventh round um, and start seeing you know, some first-year receivers start to go, uh, like I said about the Zay Flowers, uh, Addison, um, obviously J- JSN uh, from the, Col- from the uh, Seahawks. Some of these first-year receivers start, start going off the board. I think that is the point where I would probably double down and start really um, thinking about um, giving some, some thought to the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver core. Um, and we're talking about who, uh, unfortunately, due to injury, uh, Darius Tony would not be my first, though I think he's the most explosive wide receiver on the team. I think the most consistent wide receiver is going to be MBS. Um, I think you got to go with MBS first. And then um, if you have opportunity, maybe uh, you know a couple of rounds later, uh, Darius Tony, Sky Moore, um, and then after those three guys, I would then turn the page and go with the two running backs, uh, Pacheco. And so that's our fantasy outlook. Once again, um, I love the fact that you spent some time with me today. This is Sean Barber, former linebacker of the Kansas City Chiefs, former president of the Kansas City Chiefs alumni, business development guy of the McGinnis Group, an all-around just great guy. Look for me every Wednesday to come at you with the process, bringing you why the process is greater than the product, as we break down all the different scenarios going on in the NFL, um, we're going to have a tier system. We're going to have power rankings. Man, all the things you love about uh, listening to podcasts, listening to former players talk. We're going to take you in the locker room. We're going to take you behind the scenes. I'm going to pick the minds of a lot of former Chiefs greats. Um, and we're just going to go at it all year long, man. So enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. And once again, man, thanks for listening to Sean Barber and listening to The Process. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.